When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're doing well. Also with us, as usual, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. How you doing, man? Nice to see you. Yeah, very good. A little bit tired, but, you know, I'm excited to talk about some actual tangible basketball, Celtics basketball that's on the way, man. So this is going to be all right, I think. Absolutely. For for the first time since, I think, the season suspension, we're actually doing a pod based on, like, solely on recent Celtics news, because for once, there actually is some. We've exhausted everything else, man. I know. The fans Short of actually speaking to someone from Boston or like a Celtic in general, but yeah, yeah, no, we, we did we did well to dig out the uh, the good stuff. Good cheers to you for uh, for uh, suggesting the Celtics Pride idea. Just um, wanted to say that. Well, people were actually begging for a follow up to the Celtics Pride podcast, but uh, we, we thought Ooh, we couldn't okay. ruin a ruin a good thing by doing a, a second one of those. So we're sticking with the current news for now. And speaking of which, the the eight game regular season schedule has been announced. Where we're going to take a look at that as well as. The schedules for our closest rivals, so think Raptors, Sixers, the Grizzlies because of the pick and whatnot. Uh, we're also going to make some predictions around how the playoff seedings will end up. And finally, a quick roundup of a few smaller news items, including Tatum's contract situation and some upcoming dates for the Celtics and the league in general. So, Jackson, before we take a look at the schedule game by game, have you, have you had a chance to look at this at all? And if so, what were your first impressions? Yeah, yeah, of course I looked at it as soon as it came out. I mean, it was um I mean, I think our next game was meant to be against um the Bucks anyway, was it? Yeah, um, I believe so. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, so the fact that we started with them didn't really um catch me off guard or anything else like that, but um now it's pretty balanced. Like there's not too many there's nothing really like too difficult or daunting in there. Like a couple of direct rivals, you would probably say in Toronto and and the Bucks, but I mean, the Heat we've had the beating of them, but they'll um they'll be they'll be playing uh rather hard for a playoff spot uh the nets i still shudder to think about the last time we played the nets so i hope that doesn't um cause us too much damage psychologically but um i think one thing that must be said and you may have been getting to this later man but um i'm 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 kind of thankful in hindsight that the covid break did kind of come when it did because like i think prior to that paces when the before the the season was suspended we'd like lost four of our previous five and given up some really horrendous like you know comeback losses so um 
No, I guess I'm glad it's it's back, but um, I'm also a little bit thankful. Maybe we get a chance to arrest that bad form that we were we seem to be you know trending towards or in very much in rather. Yeah, everyone gets to kind of hit the reset button a little bit, which is good for us, and and maybe mm. unfortunately good for some and of it our goes rivals for the other as well. Teams. Of yeah. course. So, I mean, out of those eight games, just looking at them, like obviously we kick things off with Milwaukee. Um, mm. I mean, I've got the question written here. What What are the must-see games? I think for a lot of people, all of them are <laughs> given the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> but if you had to choose one or two, is there, is there something that you're, you're clearing your schedule for there? Um, I mean... Uh, the obvious one is the Bucks standout. I mean, best team in the NBA, best player in the NBA. Um, the first game back, a fantastic sort of asset test, you know, not just for, for us, but for Milwaukee as well. You know, if they come out looking shaky, then, you know, a lot of questions are being being asked, but I don't think that we'll, they'll necessarily have that issue. That's going to be a very, very tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raptors, uh, that if we still win with a chance of that two seed, you know, it might be gone by then. It might be very attainable then. It might be in the two seed by then. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, probably just those two. Uh, the rest of it is all pretty... You you know, you know, manageable, you know, of course I'm going to be watching this very intently, but um, yeah, definitely those two. Yeah. It comes down to like, what, what games are you watching intently and what games are you like kind of cruising Instagram or something on your phone while like yeah. kind of watching as well. For, for me, you know, you definitely mentioned the, the Bucks game there, which is huge. You know, also the opening game of, of the, of the rest of the season, which is a weird sentence, mm-hmm. but the Toronto game as well, because if we are going to somehow, pull us out of our asses and, and get up to the two seed. We need that tiebreaker that win Absolutely. against Toronto. Um, and also we're kind of, we're facing up against what, what could be a, a nemesis as we ideally get deeper into the playoffs there too. So that, that Toronto game is absolutely huge. What are your predictions for how this eight game schedule is going to work out for the Celtics? Um, it's a, it's a probably pretty safe answer, but I would say we're probably somewhere in the tune of like, you know, a, a five and three or a six and two here. You know, you would imagine that we would probably, you know, lose out to one of the, the main rivals. We always kind of slip up against, you know, one of the lesser teams, although you would think, you'd think that would be in a place where they're hyper-focused and they really want to, you know, go out go after it. So realistically, like the better team, you know, talent-wise should win. And I would put that, you know, put almost at seven and one if, if we had to go on that metric but um <laughs> no i think i think there'll definitely be a couple of games that will um that will drop here hopefully you know not to the I'll, I'll live if we lose to the magic you know for example but if we were to clonk out to the to the bucks the raptors and you know even the nets or the heat as well too then that would you know i, I would start to you know not have second thoughts about how <laughs> how we're going to do in this in the playoffs it's it's i haven't thought about that in in so long and this is really going to be how you'd predict how the playoffs are going to go because I bet there are some teams that are going to have massive fall-offs and I bet there are some teams that are going to be a bit nowhere near the playoff picture that are going to um, go real hard at it. So, you know, you've got to hope that you're... Um, you- let's just hope that our form is true you know on the majority of the season and not the, the last few games that we're talking about well yeah so on that reddit user jl franzi writes players have had three months legit anything could happen in those eight games like people are going to be super rusty we've got guys who have lost a bunch of weight surely there are going to be guys who have put on a whole bunch of weight as well and mm-hmm. everything in between which i guess is maintaining weight good for those guys i'd say probably one of the underrated aspects too is that there's going to be no crowd like the, like what's that going to do for home to home home court advantage and you know what's that going to do some players performances you know because they definitely feed off the crowd i think the nba like relies heavily on it like i've been watching a lot of the premier league since it come back and they've had you know fake crowd noise in there which is sufficient but it really loses you know an element that that makes it enjoyable and yet that's got to translate to the players so in the nba context like what if that you know has a profound effect on you know some star players 
That'd be super interesting. Well, yeah, and we're going to get more into our closer rivals in a sec, but a team like the Sixers, who are notoriously bad on the road this year, are they are they bad on the road because of the presence of the away fans or because yeah. of the lack of their home fans? Like That kind and of I'm- thing is going to be really interesting. And if it is the fans and there are none, then what happens if everyone's field goal percentage just goes like up significantly? <laughs> we get a lot of like, you know, 140 to 135s just because there's no nothing like in their brain. It's just like a regular shoot around. They could be wet, more relaxed in, in that respect. So that's I think that's going to be a fascinating, particularly to see the first few games, how players react to it. I would love to see a small subset of, of you know, quote unquote home fans have the opportunity to, to digitally somehow impact the again, quote-unquote, away team's uh, free-throw shooting. Uh, some sure, put a yeah. screen, you know, under the stanchion and, you know, just have, you know, the, the biggest, <laughs> dirtiest Celtics fan you can imagine just flashing Joel Embiid as he's, or Ben Simmons, even better, if he's putting yeah. up those uh, free-throws and, and try and influence the, the missing of that shot. But unfortunately, or- I don't think they've had enough time to, to implement anything like this. Or just an enormous green and white strobe light. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that would, I would have to put them off in some respect. I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Now, just quickly wrapping up the, the Celtics schedule. I, I don't think that six and two is unreasonable at all. And that's just purely mm. based on seeding. Uh, we could win the six games against teams who are lower seeded than us. And we could potentially lose the two, which I believe is Toronto and Milwaukee, who are higher than us. Mm-hmm. Um which I guess leads to moving on to the Raptors' schedule. What do you think it is, the, the likelihood that the Raptors and their fans, I suppose, experience some form of a, of a bed shitting and lose enough games to drop to the three seed? Well, they've probably got the hardest schedule out of... I haven't looked at all the other teams thoroughly, so I might be wrong about this, but I mean, they started with the Lakers, then the Heat, then uh, then they have to play us and the Bucks and the Sixers. I think Magic and Memphis are in there as well. But like out of those eight games they have to play, I think I must be missing one. Um, those are all tough. So look, it, it could be on. Like you would think if if a team was to, to um, you know stutter because of the, the strength of their schedule, mm-hmm. then you would say that would be Toronto. But I don't know. Toronto, just as of late, you just always think they're going to... to to fall away and they don't. They always seem to find something and it's really annoying because... Yeah, like the, the <laughs> you, new you, Spurs in a way. Yeah, yeah. And and they are susceptible to bad for, bad um, bad runs as well. I think before they went on, they went on a winning streak, then a losing streak, then a winning streak again or, or something to that extent. So, you know, they're not un, un, unflappable, but they certainly, you know, are a, are a decent team. You know, they're, they're the champions for a reason. And I think, you know, rested and refocused, you know, they'll be as dangerous as anybody. Yeah, well, look, a Reddit user, Rcore, put together um, like an NBA team's schedule difficulty and they said they decided mm-hmm. to calculate team schedule difficulty so that each team can see how difficult their schedule is compared to the teams, blah, 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 makes sense. Um, to calculate the schedule difficulty, I calculated the average placement of the teams each team is going against. Triple checked my calculations, but if any of them are wrong, just let me know. I'm sorry, mate. I couldn't tell you. But my point mm-hmm. is that by far, the Raptors have, according to these calculations, the most difficult schedule, followed by the Heat, who are sort of nipping at our heels there in the fourth seed. So mm-hmm. as far as us catching the, the the two seed, though, the Raptors are three games up on the Celtics. And the Celts and the Raps play each other once, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. We have to win that game. So say the Raps go four and four. That, that actually gives them a record of 50 and 22. So the Celtics 
even then, with the Raps going probably well under expectations at four and four, the Celts still have seven to go and one. seven and one and mm-hmm. win that tiebreaker against the Raps yep. to climb to the two seed. Um, and that would only match the Raptors' record and would only be seated above them because of that, that tiebreaker. So, I don't yeah, know, man. It, it seems tough. It seems unlikely. Yeah, I, I forgot we were that far away, but then again, like we kept harping on about like the, those 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 really four really shitty games. You know, that's where we're, that's where the damage has kind of been done. So, yeah. look, in one respect, again, I mean, help to say it again, but we at least we have arrested that bad form. So, yeah. you know, it is a chance we could catch Toronto, but like you know, four and four probably not unrealistic for them. But if they know because the, the one seed's gone by miles, that if they know they only have to win four games to get to get that two seed, then you could just see them playing four four games, you know, really intently and then just taking the rest off, which is, you know, obviously what they'll do if they can achieve that. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it all comes down to us to really getting them and, you know, playing our own game, basically. I do think you can make the case for the Raps going four and four if you look at the schedule. Like, we need them to lose to us, as we, as we discussed. That's one loss. And then mm-hmm. Lakers, Bucks, Sixers and Nuggets. Uh, another four teams that they play who could easily beat them. Sixers yep. maybe being the outlier there. So there is an outside chance if they lose to us and those and those four other teams, then we easily skate on through to the second seed. So, you know, again, it just comes down to how unpredictable this entire situation and set of circumstances is. But they, they do have the most difficult schedule. It's um, it's not impossible that we do, we do climb yep. up to that two seed. So it's going to be interesting and we're going to be having to watch these games intently i suppose leading up to the playoffs i guess out of any team you could have you know selected as a celtics fan to have that most difficult schedule that would be the team you know directly above us so yeah yeah and if you pop into the raptors subreddit there's a lot of bitterness like oh the celtics they have a really easy schedule so it's it's kind of nice at this point before anything's happened to sort of um i don't know have one over the raps even though they've literally got one seated place over us but it will be interesting I suppose we should look at the Sixers record as well. They're currently the sixth seed at 39 and 22. And I think you can make the case for them going six and two. If you look at their schedule, I've got it here. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, sorry, over now. Pacers, Spurs, Wizards, Magic, uh, Portland, Suns, Toronto, and the Rockets. Yeah, so six and two because I can see them losing to Toronto and Houston, but those other games like Indiana, the Spurs, Washington, Orlando, like those are all teams kind of fighting for their playoff life, with maybe the exception of of Indiana. Um, like that's a maybe one of the easiest schedules I think that's out there, and the Sixers have got that. And I don't know, there's is that good or bad for the Celtics? Is are they not being tested enough leading up to the playoffs, which is potentially good for us, mm-hmm. or does it allow them an easy schedule to warm up to things as they transition into the playoffs? I think it's it's pretty favorable for them. I mean, that Indiana game aside, you know, that they, they they're probably going to win the other games. Um, and the fact is that they play all of those games first, and then they're two most the two toughest games by then are Toronto and Houston and look their seeding may have already been like you know decided for them by that stage so again they, they'll probably be resting players and, and you know they'll never even get that you know real test so um, that's one way of looking at it but I, I think if I'm I've, even though I've, I'm not as I wasn't as scared of the Sixers as I, I think I was after we lost to them for the third time just seeing how their season's gone I think if any team's probably going to benefit you know from this you know from just a chance to you know, just just regroup and, and and sort their shit out. It's probably going to be Philadelphia because yeah. they talent wise on paper they should be doing a lot better than they have been. And um, maybe this is just their chance to to kind of get right. And um, you know, I certainly hope not. But um, 
look, I could see them easily going six and two here. Well, yeah, if there was one team that needed to sit down for like four months and be like, what the fuck are we doing wrong? It's the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers. And they've had that chance. And I don't know, like we we know Al Horford. Uh, we, we feel like he's probably the kind of guy who would like get on a daily call with Brett Brown and maybe hustle up some of the other guys and, and kind of make that camaraderie come out of nowhere. Um, so that, mm. that does terrify me a little bit, although maybe I've just been spending too much time laying awake at night and thinking about it. <laughs> but I do think you can make the case for them going six and two based on that that ease of schedule, which leaves them at 45 and 24. So the Heat and the Pacers, who are the four and five seeds, the Heat have a hard schedule. I think at best they'll go four and four. The same with the Pacers. They also have a tough schedule. I think at best they go four and four as well. Like they each play a lot of the top teams. That puts the Heat at 45 and 28 and the Pacers at 43 and 30, which would reorder the four, five, six seeds to Sixers four, Heat five, and Pacers six, which Mm -hmm. if we stay in the three seed, I believe matches us up against the Pacers in the first round. Now, do you prefer the Pacers over the Sixers or would you you rather stick with the Sixers? And keep in mind, Oladipo potentially rehabbed, back into form, uh, only as rusty as everybody else at this point, you know that they're not they're not a pushover team there. No, they're certainly not. But I would still rather have them in the, in the first round because I yeah. think we would probably have it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I think we I think we have a, probably a comfortable psychological advantage over them. Even though I would not you know un- underestimate them you know whatsoever. I just think I, I just think you know like player for player we're probably the better team you know in a seven game series for sure. Yeah. Um, the Sixers. Uh, it would probably be the most satisfying and and righteous path to to the championship if we, if we had if we we smited Philadelphia, but um yeah I would prefer I would prefer you know Toronto Philly and and Milwaukee just to go into some sort of three way you know death match and we'll just you know see one of them in the final in the East Finals. It's probably not going to go down that way, um but um. But yeah, no, I would take the paces before the sixes, definitely. Yeah, I think I would too. I think Joel Embiid just freaks me out. If if someone got in Brett Brown's ear and was like, hey, that Embiid guy who plays for you, if you just post him up like all the time against a team like the Celtics, you will win games. Yep. If someone mm. has told him that, then we're in big trouble. So definitely give us yeah. the paces. We should take a look at the, at the Memphis schedule as well. Obviously, there's a hope there that they'll drop out of the playoffs. Jackson, do you think there's any chance of that happening at all? Well, it's they're super competitive because I think their first three opponents are like those, that direct final, you know, West Conference playoff spot, you know, rivals That's right. in, in the yeah. Blazers, Spurs, and Pelicans, uh-huh. um, and, and probably three the, the three most winnable games for them. I would say Jazz, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, Bucks. You, you, you probably wouldn't, you know, fancy them in, in any of those. Um, but yeah, look, it'd be interesting. Look, if you want to get conspiracy theory-ish, um, I think you'll find the Pelicans are going to be getting a lot of uh, good calls. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, I think, I think it would be undeniable to to deny that uh, the NBA would would like it for Zion Williams uh, to be in the playoffs. So um, look, that that could be at the Grizzlies' expense. But yeah, I mean, just basketball, like just basketball purely, and, and the schedule here. Um, I'd probably give them a fair shot to make the playoffs, despite the fact I'd like them to fall as far down the pecking order as possible for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, hard to say. Hard to say. I think I think it could go either way. I don't think they'll fall off too much, though. It's definitely their spot to lose the eight seed there. It is interesting, mm. though, that their only back-to-back comes against the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's also their <laughs> only ESPN game. 
Um, a lot of bitching and moaning, probably rightfully so, in the Grizzlies subreddit, which I visited for the first time in research for this podcast. <laughs> uh, friendly bunch of people, but rightfully annoyed by the whole situation and, and the clear, um, and this is not my words, this is the words of the of the Memphis subreddit, the, the dick writing uh, <laughs> of, uh, of Zion um, done by ESPN and the, and the schedule makers there. So compelling, compelling stuff. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, needs that, needs that airtime. That's Zion, man. All right, so we've had a look at the various schedules that are related to the Celtics or or somehow relevant to the Celtics. To finish up here, it's time for a quick news roundup. We're going to spend no more than maybe one or two minutes on each of these. First, Jackson, Jason Tatum recently got a a haircut or a hair modification or something is different about his Kind of looks like hair. Yeah, Yeah. yay or nay (laughs) on, on the Tatum hair situation. Uh, is, uh, is it confirmed as real? Is it really uh, real? I mean, I would love to find out that it, it was a hoax of some kind. It, it feels like something out of a hidden camera show or, or something, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, it's a hard no from me. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it, got me, it, got me, it got me thinking. I think you said it looks like a, a bad 2K gen or, or whatever. Like, what if... A 2K <laughs> if render, some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a 2K render. What if it's, what if it's, some, um, what if it's some divine, um, you know, celestial power that's, um, that has, is Tatum's uh, my player? And uh, around about March is when they decided to cave and buy 100 bucks worth of VC and just went... All the uh, all the shooting stats went up, and uh, now now he, he can also unlock all the different hairstyles. So now he's just playing around with that, and he's got the bad face scan and all that kind of shit. So I don't, I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's it, 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 that that's the kind of mindset and level that takes me there when I, I look at Jason Tatum's haircut. It's just it's, it's yeah, it's it's bewildering to me. What what do you think? Can you see anything in it that um is this what the youth are about these days? Um, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I, I like what you are saying. Like, it, it could confirm that we are living in a simulation of some kind. But yeah. it looks like he said to the barber... <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Like, the barber was like, yeah, so we're, like, we're just going to take it all off again, right, Jason? And he was like, hey, what if... Just say you, you had to keep the length yeah. here. Like, let's not do it, but let, let's just say you had to do it. Like, what what would you do? And then this, this was kind of the end result. Because you can see in the yeah. photo, he's, like, kind of... He's, there's a level of uncertainty to his look that he's like, okay, I guess, like I've asked for this now and I've paid for it, so I can't really, like, I have to get out of the chair now and, and leave. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think I think he was seeing someone take a photo of it, and that's when he really started to think: is this yeah. is this what I is this what I want out in the world? Um, yeah, no, I, I think I, I hope we see him with a, just a, a just a bald head come. Um, Come, come, game one. I think, uh, I think the more hair for Tatum, even even his his beard, um, as as uh, as profitable <laughs> as it has been for him this year, is uh, yeah. No, nah, we can't be having that. It looks ridiculous. One of the best players in the world are bald, like uh, Kareem, late late career Kareem and MJ, yeah. LeBron James, another Kobe. classic bald player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, user king of pants, right? So we've entered into a very dark age. Um, which I, mm. I I agree with for, for many reasons, and the, the the Jason Tatum hair beard situation is the icing on the cake here. And user top season writes the beard's got to go, man, which is generous. I think I think the whole thing's got to go. This is news, by the way. This is the news we talked about <laughs> at the top of the podcast. This this is a, a current event in uh, in Celtics world, so uh, we're talking about it. And look, I don't know anything about hair or fashion or being cool in any way. Um, so I guess as long as he's happy, right? And we'll just uh, yeah. we'll just keep our distance <laughs> as we're meant if to be aver- these times. Yeah. If he averages fifty in the playoffs and wins just a championship, and the haircut becomes the trend like all over like the world, then uh, 
won't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fine by me. I'll, I'll come around to it at that point. Oh, yeah, I'll get it too. Uh, Tremont Waters wins G League Rookie of the Year. Uh, nice one, what, are, what are your thoughts on this, given you know our, our short history with, with Tremont Waters on the team? Oh, it's fantastic. Like, I don't watch a lot of G League, I, and I've only seen really Tremont Waters from, you know, his limited minutes with the Celtics. And sometimes he looks fantastic. Sometimes he looks like a total, you know, short rookie. Rookie. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, no, by all accounts, absolutely been killing it in um, in the G League. And uh, yeah, that, that's fantastic. I mean, hopefully he can make that step up to, um, you know, becoming a really competent, productive uh, bench player um, for us um, for the remainder of the season and the playoffs. But, um, you know, unlikely, probably more someone, someone that we're going to you know see more of in the year after and the year after that hopefully yeah. so um that's a fantastic you know um fantastic thing to get um to get in your career but was was siakam a, a g league um mvp or was it then uh, somewhat someone question. else of note who's decent now was a g league mvp at some stage i'm sure of it uh that's a great question siakam g league mvp or rookie of the year um yeah I'm not seeing anything pop up here, but I'm I'm on the no, spot here. Am I. No, I mean, so he's probably going to be at least better than Pascal. Siakam, I was thinking right? of I was thinking of Chris Boucher. Chris uh, Boucher, okay. I was thinking of, who is a, who, I think, is a pretty impressive player, but I think he's like 20, he's 26. I thought he was 19 and he's not quite Siakam yet. So, uh, but hey, Tremont, you know, be, be the first, be the pioneer. Yeah. G League and NBA MVP in a career. You can do it. Wikipedia has Pascal Siakam as NBA D League champion in 2017 and D League finals mm. MVP, which is pretty good, but it's no rookie finals of the year like our boy no. uh, Tremont Waters there. Yeah. Also some additional accolades for, for Tremont, uh, yeah, so third in G League MVP voting. He also made the All G League rookie team and second team All G League. How do you think that goes like at parties and stuff? Are you talking like, you know, I uh, <laughs> this year I made the second team All G League. I just I can't imagine that's uh, you know, it's not it's not impressing the ladies, I yeah, suppose. Depends <laughs> what depends what kind of parties he goes to, I guess. I think <laughs> I think that would st- I, think, I think that would still I think it would still open open some doors in uh, in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia. It really would. But um yeah, no, it's not the um it, it, it you don't go and tell your friends, you know, oh my god, this guy plays in the G League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, where are we? Which team? <laughs> Washington Clams or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> he's killing it at the G League like season rap party though. He's he's a man. Uh shout out to Taco Fall as well for making the G League all defensive team. That's huge. Yeah. Big time. Um, turns out big if you're time. like eight foot tall, like you can you can block a lot of shots and make an all defensive <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, well. things and, yeah. yeah. things. Such a laugh for him. Yeah, good on you, Taco. User Jickery Jake on Celtics Reddit writes: I think Traymond's ceiling is as a backup point guard. Jackson agree, disagree with that one? Yeah, um, I'm inclined to agree. I yeah. I would love to see a um a, a slightly maybe better version of Shane Larkin that we could have for a few years on a couple of you know championship. Uh, contender seasons but um yeah i he's just, he's just too short isn't he you know like as good as that one isaiah thomas season was he only really had one and a half um seasons that he was like you know really decently high level productive so um yeah if if, if Draymond again if you could prove him wrong and do it that would be fantastic but um no i think that's a fair a fair assessment yeah, I agree. And, and Shane Larkin's a great comp, actually. I think there's a lot of similarities there. Just not only their, mm. their physical dimensions, but their approach and their, their speed and, and things like that. Totally. Moving on, last little news item here. Rumors. Jason Tatum leaning towards signing a max contract extension. This is a Bleacher Report article by Tim Daniels, posted to the sub by Miguel Wayne. 
There's a key excerpt here from Sherrod Blakely on the Celtics Talk pod. So he's quoted in this article as saying, Tatum's got to make some decisions. Do I sign for your four or five year extension or do I play it out and just become a restricted free agent and hope that the cap goes up afterwards so that I can sign a max still for more money? From what I'm being told, Sherrod says, Jason at this point is leaning towards signing a max deal when he's eligible going from there. Interesting how the the unpredictable cap situation is kind of playing into his decision here because yeah. you read the headline, you're like leaning towards signing a max contract. It's like, of course he is. He wants that money. But like, is there potentially more money for him if he takes the qualifying offer and signs a year later? It's kind of a spicy one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, I think if he does opt for the latter, um, everyone will make like the biggest storm in a teacup. Like, it'd be, oh my god, he's blah, 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 blah. no. It's just I, I think it's this is literally just like how players are advised to make their decisions. You know, like what, where is you know what, what is going to be the best for you and your family, like in terms of like finances and stuff like that. So it would make sense in that respect. Um, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he did it that way. But having said that, like if he if he signs the extension now and just like you know we we can lock him down for you know whatever money it is, that would be fantastic too. But um. You would think with the COVID situation and all the uncertainty that's out there, um, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe the COVID situation, you know, pushes it, you know, form to like, you know, get signed, get paid now. Cause what if COVID comes back up and the NBA is in trouble again with money? That's a real possibility. Totally. So yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not too sure. I'm not really not too sure on that one. Yeah. I, I wasn't too sure either. And for anything cap related, I, I've always been like pretty out of the loop there. I think, um, like, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I've just never been able to wrap my head around, I think due to a, just a, maybe a lack of interest, the, the whole cap situation, but a Reddit user, Eisenhorn76 on the sub, kind of put it into perspective for a lot of people. They mm-hmm. wrote, JT's max will depend on whatever the cap will be for the 2021-22 season, since the Celtics still have him under his rookie scale contract for 2020-2021. Uh, so, in terms of the value of his contract, it doesn't matter if he signs this offseason or next offseason. The basis remains the same. What signing an extension this summer, as opposed to next summer, does for Jason is ensure that he gets the max regardless of what happens in the period before his new contract takes into effect. It's basically insurance for him and a risk for the Celtics. Mm. Very interesting. Um, either way, he's been showing more signs of buying into Boston as a city lately. Like today he tweeted about how much he loves Kevin Garnett and he retweeted mm. the Patriots signing Cam Newton as their as their QB as well. Mm. And this isn't this is kind of the people have been picking Tatum apart over the last couple of years since he's been with the team for not like owning the sort of the Boston persona. And he, he seems to be buying into that a little bit more as he maybe realizes that he is the guy and not Kemba Walker or not Gordon Hayward. So um, mm. promising signs, promising signs. Yeah, totally. Um, I, did you, it was on a, a podcast that the Matt Barnes, um, I think Stephen Jackson podcast yeah, a little while ago. Sure. And there was a, a segment about how he, he wanted to go to Phoenix, you know, before, you know, he found out about like the Celtics moving the, the picks and stuff. And if you watch that, you know, and you, you wanted to spin it like he didn't sound like he, he liked the idea of being in Boston. He could. He said it so many times. Man, I wanted to go to Phoenix. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And like, no, nah, I could work out in Boston. I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to do that. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. Um, but even though like the, the the fan in you goes, oh, I don't like the sound of that. It's it's like you know, he's, he's, he's how young is this guy? Like, he's he's got so much to consider, and all he like really thinks about is playing basketball because it shows he's really good at it. So if he's like not the most you know 
considerate when it comes to you know sensitive fans feelings about like you know being like super loyal to boston and everything like that like maybe i have that perspective because i'm not from boston and whatnot but um no it, it doesn't worry me at all i think he'll he'll get paid more money in boston he's on a winning situation in boston he's the guy in boston and we're, we're pretty much going to be a contender for his as long as he stays here healthy as far as i'm concerned so yeah i don't see him going anywhere else really Totally. And I think even even if he does take the qualifying offer, we can match any offer that he receives anyway, because he's a restricted free agent. So there's not really anything to worry about. We've got plenty more years of worrying about what the future for for Jason Tatum beholds. There's plenty of guys (laughs) who are going to get cut before before they they, they start running out of money to pay Jason Tatum. I'm sure of that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So I thought before we wrap this one up, we should just recap the upcoming dates, not only for the Celtics, but for the NBA in general, because this is all sort of coming uh, to a head quite soon. So upcoming dates, June 30 to July 7, in-market training camps. So that's individual workouts. Uh, they'll be mandatory at this point, according to NBA.com. But team mm-hmm. workouts will still be prohibited. At this point, head coaches will be allowed to participate. So that's coming up real soon. What is it? Today is the 29th here in Australia. So that's like yeah, tomorrow or the days. next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. July 7 to 11, the teams travel to Orlando. Teams will take either a bus or a chartered flight to Orlando. And once they arrive, everyone will have to stay in their rooms until they test negative for COVID-19 twice. Um, thorough, I guess. You've got to give them credit yeah, for that. Yeah, wow. Interesting. July 9 to 29, training camps in Orlando. <laughs> NBA.com says, at this point, teams may begin group workouts and practices. There will be regular COVID-19 testing and players will be expected to remain on campus. If a player leaves, they will be subject to extra testing as well as a 10 to 14 day quarantine period. So don't leave. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Shailen Brown, <laughs> do not leave. Um, someone's going to leave. Yeah. Some, someone, yeah, Taco someone's going to leave. Taco Fall is getting out of the town. He's like, fuck this. I'm in Orlando. I'm getting paid. I'm getting out I'm gonna there. Go, I'm going to go to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and to finish that one, starting on the 22nd of July, teams will begin playing scrimmages against other teams, staying in their hotel. Celtics, uh, we didn't cover this. They're in the... Like the elite hotel, the elite hotel, with the cool yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, so good. Uh, that is wicked. Each team will have three scrimmages, and finally, July thirtieth to August fourteen are the seeding games uh, of which we've just discussed. So things are happening. The wheels are in motion, and while we won't be able to watch a game for another month or so, we will start to see those. You know, John Corrales and and those guys who have access um, to the Outback Center. We'll start to tweet out and, and YouTube footage of the guys scrimmaging and, and stuff like that. So that's that's going to be really cool to see. I think um, we can all agree that like we need that shit badly at this yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't wait. I'll I'll I'll, ta- I'll take thirty seconds of camera phone footage of a scrimmage, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll take I'll on. take the audio. I'll take the knowledge that the the squeaky shoe sound is coming from our Celtics yeah. in the Outback Center. That's that's where I'm at. And when that Netflix, you just know it's a, a Tatum swish to three again. It's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I cannot wait. All right, cool. That's going to do it for this one. Before we go, quick favor, dear listener, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or whatever other platform allows you the opportunity to leave a review. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. So if you like the show, if you enjoy what you're listening to, uh, please support the show or feel free to by, by doing one of those things. Jackson, love your work, mate. Any any parting words before you see us out? Not at all, man. Good to be back. Indeed. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Go Celtics. Peace. Peace.